Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me today is Jody J. Sperling, and he is a book marketer. He's going to tell us why he got in, involved in this arena and how he does what he does. But before we dive into that, I need to give you some background information so you know who Jody is, right? So Jody J. Sperling is the host of the Reluctant Book Marketer, the only podcast for first-time novelists who want to make a living publishing their book. He is also the author of the forthcoming novel, The Nine Lives of Marva DeLonghi, about two washed-up private eyes, Luke and Lyle, who can't seem to stay dead dun 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 when they accept a case to find out who's threatening marva so without further ado please welcome jody j sperling to gems podcast hey i'm so excited to be here thank you my pleasure so jody before we dive into what you're doing now as a book marketer and how you're helping others you know really bring in profit because we all know whenever you're an author sometimes it's hard to really hit that cash flow but I definitely want to give the audience a chance to get to connect with you in a fun and personal manner so there are two options Jody we can do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game what are you in the mood for I think uh I've I've heard this segment enough I like rapid fire pretty well (laughs) Okay, we're playing Rapid Fire with Jody and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question numero uno. If you could trade places with anyone, who would it be? Um, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I could know what she was thinking. <laughs> Question two. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, you know what, I've heard this question and I I have to say invisibility, even though it sounds really nefarious, I just would love the, the ability to be invisible because I'm interested to hear people when I'm not in the room. Question three, did you always know you wanted to be a book marketer? No. Question four, what's your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? I have to have my coffee. Question, oh, wait. Back, back up there. So you have to have your coffee. So what type of coffee bean drinker are you? Dark roast, medium roast, or dot, dot, dot? So I've gotten cheaper as I've aged with kids. And so I like to just get the, the Kirkland ground coffee beans in the can from uh, Costco now. But I mean, I do really like dark coffee roasts. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Question five. If you could sit down and have a meal with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? I want to sit down with David Foster Wallace. Uh, He was a novelist who took his own life in 2008. um, And I just would love to talk to him, maybe not even about writing, but just to to get to know him. He, He was an amazing writer and with a great mind. 
Question six, you just secured a windfall of money. You must donate to three charities of your choice. What charities are you donating to? I like St. Jude. Uh, it's a great hospital and I had uh, friends who benefited from that. So I would want to donate there. Um, two more is, is kind of tough because I don't follow a lot of charities. Um, so I'm either going to have to come back to it or say I donate three times to St. Jude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question seven. You just want an all expense paid vacation or luxurious getaway to anywhere you want to go. Kids included, wife included, and it's just amazing. Here is the kicker. They are not flying back to your home base right now because the pilots have now went on strike. So where are you headed? Santiago, Chile, I think is where I want to. I've always had a dream of visiting there. And, and if I got stuck, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Question eight. What's your favorite food or cuisine? Probably um, Indian food, though I don't know the region of it. So um, I mean, any any of the kind of tandoori type of uh, cuisine is delicious. Question nine. It's an easy one. What's your favorite color? Red. Question 10. It's our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I want to pass. And I want to ask you the question, what do you feel is the biggest risk that you have taken to date and did it pay off? Ooh, okay. I got to dig deep here. So I would definitely say one of my biggest risks would be one recently. So in 2020, when I spoke up in the vice president's meeting of global supply chain, and it was right around the time of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and he wanted us to talk about our journeys with racism, whether it was personally or professionally. And since I am multicultural and first-generation American, my dad was South American, or some people say Caribbean, where my dad's from, and my mom is West Indian. Um, after doing that, I got a $20,000 salary increase and a bump in my classification level from a 15 to a 22. Then fast forwarding a few months later, I got laid off. But I had already published my book, which promotes diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then I already uh, were getting responses for magazine features and podcasting gigs. So it was a risk that paid off. Um, but then I do miss, you know, the luxurious perks of being in oil and gas. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I worked in the oil fields for a little while, but only on rigs. So not uh, the same area. Awesome. So thank you for playing rapid fire, Jody. Now let's dive in to being a book marketer. So for the audience out there, they're probably like, what do you do as a book marketer? Oh, wait, hold on one second. I heard something fall. So yeah, Jody. So did you always know that you wanted to be a book market marketer? And if not, how did you get involved in it? 
So I did not have any idea that I would be in this position, even as recently as six months ago. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I always knew I wanted to publish books, and I always knew that I wanted to make a living. I just had no idea how difficult that journey would be. And so uh, right around December, I decided to, to risk everything from some things that I learned. I'd had a literary agent for um, almost three years at that point, and we had not sold my book. And I realized that the problem was me, is that I was living as if the book itself was all that I needed. And it was if it was good enough, it would sell and everyone would buy it and flock to it. And that just wasn't the truth. And through that revelation, I made some changes to my life and decided I want to help as many novelists as I can to avoid the path that I've taken, which has been entirely too long to get where I'm at. Okay. And I love that. And it it is shocking because you would think that being with a literary agent, they would be pro- promoting your book and pushing it just as much as you will push it on your own. So for someone out there listening, they're probably wondering, okay, so Jody, what exactly is a book marketer and what do you do? Like, let's break that down into layman's, layman's terms. And I think it also will be a great way to just lay the foundation so they could connect because maybe they're doing something similar but they may not have the title as a book marketer. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, essentially what I want to help people do, and it's not really me, it's helping to coach their mindset on how they can market their books and just having that availability to learn. Uh, And what I do is focus on social media, on earned media, uh, and different ways that authors are able to engage with the community to get their book in front of the right audience. And that's really important from a niche perspective, because you are wasting your time if you are pushing the book to people who don't want to read it. And so one of the the main mistakes that I see is is authors who are trying to build relationships with other authors. It's easy because we all want to support each other, but you're not building your reader base through that. So as a book marketer, I'm teaching people how to reshape their focus, to reshape their mindset, to say, okay, my readers are the people who read my genre and I need to know how to find them. And when I find them, I need to know how to engage with them in a meaningful way so that they remain interested in me as a person and me as an author. Yeah, just to really have that credibility and just really build that no like and trust factor. So, okay, you mentioned social media. So those are like your channels like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, and there's so many others there. And then you mentioned earned media. So what exactly will fall into the category of earned media, Jody? So right now, what we are doing is a form of earned media. Anytime an author can get an appearance on a podcast, that is earned media, uh, as well as any kind of TV promotion or radio promotion. Uh, YouTube would be earned media. You can do in-person readings or appearances at libraries. um, And I'm really specifically talking to authors, but there's so many different places that you can show up. And that is going to be earned media. It's different than social media because you do have to garner that invite. So I didn't reach out to you and just say, hey, by the way, we're doing a podcast. I pitched myself and um, got onto the podcast. And so you have to earn the opportunity to appear. Amazing. And then outside from earned media and social media, 
Um, I would also say social selling too, like knowing who your ideal avatar is and your book reader, once they read that book, just leaving you those testimonials, whether they're writing a review on Amazon or if they're sending you a video testimonial, or even I would also say print media is really good where I want to see my readers holding up a copy of my book, take a picture and send it to me so I can let the community know like this is someone who is a real person who really read the book and this is what they gathered from the book. And I want to share that because my book is about diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging, but it's also about my story and what I went through being in the corporate setting for 15 years and 12 of those being being in a male-dominated field, such as oil and gas and energy. And when you look like me, who, who I am a chocolate drop, I'm also first-generation American, very multicultural, like people are like, what are you? When if you just take away, you know, the differences and focus on the similarities, I think that also allows us as people who are creatives and literary in the literary space to really connect beyond the surface level. Would you agree or disagree there, Jody? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. It's all important. So um, since you've been in this space now for a little over six months, would you say that's about a right amount of time? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a really engaged focus for that amount of time. There's things that I've known for longer and practiced, but yeah, being very focused on it about six months. So what are some of the challenges that you faced getting into it and how have those challenges made you more successful? Finding people. Finding people is, is the difficulty. You can't, you can't teach people to do something that you're not doing yourself. Um, and I think that that challenge is essentially what enabled me to be in the position I'm in right now. So backing up a little bit of a ways, uh, I had had a Twitter profile um, since 2018 or so, I got my literary agent in, in 19 and a friend and I had gone back and forth and thought it would be a really cool idea to have a Twitter profile with enough followers to be interesting to an agent as the main character of my novel. So I have a Twitter profile it's still out there. I still operate it as the main character of my novel. Nobody knows it's me. Um, and I learned just through a little bit of trial and error how to interest people on Twitter. And I had had some people at one point say, well, you ask really great questions. So there was kind of an aha moment. And I took that and I decided I can't use my character to market myself and I can't use my character to market my other books. So now is the moment to actually start Twitter as me, as my real self. And I just took that question philosophy and ran with it. And I started asking questions that were to my niche. And I knew that would do a couple of things for me by asking niche questions, I would get the people who were already interested in what I was doing interested in me, and I could have a dialogue with them. So uh, the difficulty was figuring out how do I interest people, I asked them the questions, I got them there and then dialoguing with them and that has uh, created opportunities I never would have imagined. And I do like the fact that you have kind of like a pseudo personality where people don't know that it's you, but then you also have people that are following you that shows the credibility. And then that's also like a source of revenue in a sense, because if you think about it, digital currency is cool because like those people that are part of your community can then go out and bring other people into the community that share similar interests. So I think that's great. And then 
then you are attracting literary agents where not only are you pitching them, they're now pitching you based on what they're seeing that you're doing within the social media space. And one thing that I kind of want to talk about too, Jody, um, from the perspective of both of us being authors is sometimes whenever you get into contracts, make sure you do your due diligence. And just because you signed a contract on day one does not mean you can't go back and revise that contract because I had to revise the amount of royalty disbursements between the publishing house and myself because I was the one doing a lot of the promotions and she was not, but it's because my book, I entered it into a competition and I won first place, but then still you're getting a big chunk of money, but you're, you didn't do any work. So can you talk about, have you experienced that? Yeah, there's, I mean, one of the things is there are multiple ways to go about publishing. So I don't necessarily focus on self-publishing more so than traditional publishing or traditional publishing more than even vanity publishing or what some people will call, um, pardon me, I'm, I'm distracted, but um, yeah, vanity publishing, we'll call it that. So I, I think um, if you go traditional publishing, you are going to be presented with a contract. And if you have an agent, the agent is going to look over the contract and advise you. And I would absolutely say as much as you are able to try to defer in advance in favor of a higher royalty percentage. They're not going to offer it to you. They're not going to let you know that it's an ability, like an ability you have, but tell them you would defer your advance in favor of more royalties. And you can usually work that in your favor. And the long-term earnings, if you believe in yourself and you bet on yourself, are extremely higher than if you take a smaller royalty. Okay. So that that's cool. So let's let's break that down a little bit further there, because yeah. you're not necessarily advocating for self-publishing or the publishing house, because I feel like everyone has to do what's best for them, depending on how far you want your book to reach and how much money you're working with. Because let's be honest, it takes money in order to go through a big publishing house if you want maximum exposure or it takes money if you're self-publishing because then you're footing the bill for all of that upfront, which is a graphic artist, your the promos, the editing, if you want your book to get dictated where someone is reading your book so you could use it in an audible format, dot, dot, dot. There's so many things that go involved in it. So most people are saying, okay, well, if I'm spending this money, how am I going to make the money back, Jody? I want a ROI, a return on investment. Mm -hmm. What are the playbooks there? Yeah, I mean, and then everything you're saying is absolutely right. It costs money. And just like any small business, it costs money to make money. So you are putting forward all that money to edit your book. You're putting forward all the money to publicize your book and promote your book. Some of the ways to get ROI are really simple, like doing targeted ads on uh, Amazon or Facebook. They do have returns. Um, learning that is almost a whole other language, but it is effective and it can work. Other ways would be that earned media that I was talking about, getting on podcasts. And that usually is free except for your time. And you spend that time just talking to people. If you have a great book and you put it in front of the right reader, it's going to sell. And eventually you're going to get a great ROI. Um, the one other thing that I would say on this topic is really focus as much as you can on a strong book launch. So all that money you've spent, aim it toward 
opening day and that first week, because all of the lists, all of the bestseller lists, all of the indications of how seriously the community should take you are based on that first week, which doesn't mean if you, if you flop, not the big deal, not the end of the world, you can still recoup, but focus on book launch so that you can stand the best chance of a, a list picking you up. And once you're on a list, it's a matter of time before you're selling all of those copies that you dreamed of selling. Okay. So the, with the book launch, that's, that's a really good thing because that's the event that's building up the momentum to get the tickler out there and then see who's, um, who's taking the bait to, you know, see if the book really does interest them. How do you feel about relaunches? Cause I have seen authors once the book is out and it's been out for a while. And if they're not necessarily meeting those KPIs, which are key performance indicators, they do another soft launch or they do a re relaunch where now they're putting the book back in front of the market. And then maybe they're adding like a PDF um, workbook or something to complement what's already out there. Or maybe they're adding some merchandise and some swag, a cup or a t-shirt or something along that just to really get the momentum and the hype going again. Yeah, I think that those are excellent opportunities. I would say always relaunch and don't ever think that first week is the only marketing that you need to do. For novelists, it's a little bit different. You're not going to necessarily do like a pamphlet or anything like that. I have seen people do a free first novel to try to get you excited about the book launch of part two of a series. And that can work extremely well is offering people a, a free gift to kind of get them interested in you, know your writing style, see if they like the story and then hook them for book two uh, and and have that be part of a relaunch. So part of a relaunch. Okay, we got that. And then don't be afraid to try something new. Um, see what works for you. If you're doing something and it doesn't work, then another one bites the dust. But that doesn't mean that you need to let the dust pile up. You could do something else. Um, another thing that I, that I say is cross-pollinate too. Get in front of other people's audience that has your ideal avatar within their community, but don't do it from the with a method, what's in it for me, do it for the with plus we method, which is what's in it for we and how can we help each other. Like Jody and I are both authors where we're probably in different genres and etc. But we are collaborating, which is not the new competition. It is the new way to really create synergies. So Jody, what are some of the other tricks and tips that you could say maybe the top five, and then we'll jump into the call to action. Yeah, I like what you what you said about collaborating. I think that it's a really important piece of this conversation. And I was I was taught early on, actually, from my sales background before I really started this in sincerity for the marketing um, is that there's an abundance. There's always an abundance. You're never going to run out of people just because uh, even if Genesis and I do have the same reader, they're going to read more than one book this year uh, because your ideal reader, your avatar is going to read more. Uh, the other thing, I don't know if I'm going to give you a five necessarily, but I can't understate or overstate the importance of questions. Learning how to be a great question asker makes the difference between you and somebody who is vying for your position because there still is competition and being the first one to get to a reader with an interesting idea 
you can't underestimate that. So if we're trying to reach our readers efficiently, know how to ask questions. Uh, the market, whether it's your avatar or not, is going to tell you an awful lot about how effective your thought process is, and it'll help you to quickly tweak it. When you ask a question and somebody else asks a follow-up question and you ask another question, then you're really cooking with gas. I think that that's an important piece of this puzzle. I'm over here like, woo, because I truly believe questions are made to ask. There's no stupid questions. And I think questions are a sign of, you know, a sign of strength versus weakness, because when you're asking a question, it shows that you're eager and you're hungry and you want to learn more so you can become better at what you're doing. And just because you start off one way does not mean that's the way that you're going to end up. So I would say never get discouraged and keep on building that momentum because the more you're consistent, persistent, determine the more people are going to gravitate to you and what you have going on but also remember to remain authentic because sometimes people aren't just buying the book but they're buying you and how you show up yeah that's very important I mean I think that's the case more often than not honestly so now Jody let's jump into the call to action what is your call to action for the listeners as well as the viewers today regarding what we talked about Building on that, I say figure out three questions that you really want to know the answer to and go ask them to people you really want to hear from. Amazing. And then how can our community connect with you via your website and where do you primarily hang out on social media? Yeah, so look for me at thereluctantbookmarketer.com. Uh, you can find links to all of my socials through there, but I am primarily on Twitter uh, and I will do my very best to interact with you. If you show up there, I get a lot of engagement and it's a wonderful place to be. Amazing. And once again, Jody, I want to thank you so much for coming into the community today, for pitching me, for collaborating, and just sharing your knowledge with um the listeners as well as the viewers, because you know what they say, knowledge is power and we all can learn from one another. Audience, you know the drill. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S, with Genesis Omar's Kemp to see this video as well as other videos. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank you all for what you do for the community by listening to the guests that I bring on, as well as continuing to spread the mission to bring content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also connect the dots for diversity, equity, inclusion and belonging because whether you believe it or not it definitely takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place and because of that this podcast is ranked in the top two percent globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per www.listennotes.com that's where you'll find the metrics pertaining to this show and if you would like to be a brand sponsor spaces are limited but you can find more info by clicking on the podcast tab on my website which is genesisamariskemp.net or sending me an email to genesisamariskemp at gmail.com to learn more info. So until the next episode, next guest, or next solo by me, 
peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.